Blog Talk Radio. Okay, the music's getting out of control today. Hi, this is Michael. Uh, I am, uh, it is uh, July 9th, the day after my birthday, which is exciting for me anyway. Uh, Robin is not with us today. She may come on in a little bit or not. I am unclear. So we're going to go ahead and run the show. Um, I want to uh, make a quick announcement on behalf of our sponsor, which is Q Inc. Um, Q Inc. is a community for positive employee relations. We work with employers who want to build positive employee relations in the workplace by creating network and educational opportunities for uh, our members to do so. And you can find more information about Q by going to our website, cueinc.com, Q Inc. So that, that gets the uh, that gets the promotion out of the way. Our guest today is uh, Zoe Hart from Upwork. Zoe, welcome to Drive Through HR. Thanks for being here. Um, Thank you so much for having how me. Are you, how are Happy you today? Happy birthday. Uh, Super. Thanks. Thank you. Just had, it was, it's it's kind of weird. Um, social media leads to like birthdays, birthday greetings from literally all over the world. Yeah. And I probably had, you, you know, I don't know several hundred and they started on Amazing. my birthday was yesterday and they started on the seventh, you know, coming in from India and Asia and Europe and, they, and they're still, they're still coming in today. So it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. It's really fun. Uh, I, uh, I, I had a pretty, pretty low key birthday, but I, uh, I ran a Facebook uh, charity, you know, kind of promotion that they have right now. Oh, and yeah, and I got I got uh, I exceeded my goal, so I, I was happy with that. Uh, no Kid Hungry is a uh, uh, No Kid Hungry is Great an organization thing. I've been involved with for several years, and they, I think we raised 350 bucks. It's not much, but every little bit helps. So anyway, Zoe, hey, tell, that tell goes a long way. About, yeah, tell tell folks about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Zoe Hart, as you said. I'm really excited to be here today talking with you about things that I'm passionate about. Um, I have been in the HR field for about 20 years now. I've been uh, at the evolution of my role at Upwork for about six. Um, Here, my official title is Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Talent Innovation. But generally, I think about it more like looking after the people. And, um, you know, we have about 450-ish full-time employees. And then we, as our French CEO says, drink our own champagne. So we also partner with freelancers on the Upwork platform to help our business move forward. And there are over 1,500 of those individuals working directly back with us in some capacity at any given time. Um, you know, I think a lot about what we do here is about enabling people to do the very best work that they do by showing up fully as themselves every day and not having to have a work Zoe and a real Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also really lucky to be on the customer advisory board for Envoy and an advisor for People Tech as well. Nice. Um, it's that that's that wasn't on our agenda, but showing up as 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 real Zoe or real Michael <laughs> is. Yeah, it's still hard, right? I mean, you, it, I think people that it work is. for employers that you know that do more than profess that and actually practice it. Yeah, I think the opportunities are still. I don't want. I don't want to say they're. I don't know. 
there. I don't think all employers embrace that. Do you? No. No, I don't. And I, to be honest, it's a bit of a challenge, right? Because right. there are, you know, we've got parameters at work. There are codes of conduct. There's how we expect you to show up and be professional, right? And yet, at the same time, it's impossible for me at this point in my career, right? I have twins who are about to turn seven next week. And it is impossible for me to show up fully focused if, like, one of them spilled coffee all over me on the way to work or whatever the thing mm-hmm. is, right? And so... If I show up and pretend that hasn't happened, then my team can tell something's weird, but it's much easier for me to be like, oh, one of the boys, like, I'm going to get through it, ha, 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 everything's all right, and move on. And I think that makes a big difference, especially in leadership where people tend to think that you make it to manager or director or whatever the level is, and all of a sudden everything falls into place. We can do our best work by bringing our diversity of perspective and our passion together, and that also means being able to be authentic in who we are and more relatable in how we show up so that when we're having conversations, people understand that it's not just this executive automaton who is enforcing a policy. It's somebody who who cares genuinely about who they are in their whole selves and gives them grace and empathy when necessary and pushes them to do their best work as much as possible with a level of understanding. I mean, I think we all have been in environments where we felt that and we've taken mm-hmm. bigger risks and made better jumps for the business. And we've all been, unfortunately, I think, in environments which are the opposite of that, where you sort of start second-guessing yourself. And then that is it's not great for you. It's horrible for your family and the people who love you. But just from a really brass tax perspective, you're not doing your best work for the business. So there's, you know, if you follow that through, there's a revenue implication to that. And so we try here at Upwork to really harness diversity of experience and align around the passion for our mission and, and put everything we've got into our work so that we can, we can build on this because of our mission, which is creating economic opportunities so people have better lives. And that's a pretty good reason to show up. Yeah, and, and I guess um, in in the in the in your bio it says that Upwork is the world's yeah. largest freelancing website. Why don't you just tell us real quickly about Upwork and and what you do and how you work yeah. with freelancers? Yeah, so we're a marketplace, right? So if you are running a Fortune 50 marketing company, uh, marketing division, and need to build out um, an organizational initiative around design, you can find exceptionally talented freelancers with whom to partner around the world or close to you so you can meet with them in person to do that work for you on X extended you know, period of time basis. If you're a freelancer who for whatever reason, wants to be in control of your own destiny, and we see so much more of the population doing that now in America, um, then you are able to connect with talented people to partner and do your best work for them in a way that does not mean you have to show up at the office from 8.30 to 6 every day. You don't have to do these unbearable commutes, so many of us have, and you're in control of your own destiny. You're setting your own rates. You're running an independent business and building out a future which is yours to determine. And so we're really proud of helping uh, facilitate those connections and creating a marketplace where people can do that successfully. Cool. Thanks. Um, so we had three um, three high-level topics we were going to try to run through yeah. in 30 minutes today. Yeah. And you're, um, the first one of those was um, – and, and it, you know, it, like there's all this information right now about, you know, 
work and AI and how, you know, work and big data, yeah. which is getting old already. Anyway, your, your first, the first topic that we were going to talk about is actually mm-hmm. what the skill sets are for HR, I guess, today yeah. and what they're going to be in the future. Because I think there's a bit of a dis, I don't know if it's a disconnect, but I think there's a pretty rapid transformation going on. Um, and I understand yeah. that you had some thoughts on that. So let, let's start with that at a high yeah. level. What, what do you, how do you see the HR profession changing? And then we'll talk about some of the skills and that kind of stuff that people may need to think about in the future. Perfect. Well, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. Things are changing rapidly and it's up to HR to either be the driver or unfortunately to be a recipient of those changes. Um, I feel strongly that, We've, we, you know, so I've been doing this for about 20 years. I remember early in my tenure at Yahoo as an HR business partner for the first time, I heard so much about people fighting for a seat at the table. The head of our organization reported to the CFO, not the CEO, and there was consternation mm. about that. And, um, and, you know, and now many of us in leadership are reporting directly to the CEO. We have that seat at the table, and it's about how to use it to drive the business forward. So the thing that I think is our biggest opportunity and really if we don't harness it it's going to be the biggest miss of our you know of our career group for for a long time i think here is to be business drivers and not only to be the people who are the people people that said obviously you can't replace human interaction and you can't replace what intuition and understanding the uh, you know the unwritten rules and the web of communication in any organization that's a very human initiative but it is imperative that for HR to really do everything we can for the business that we think of ourselves as business people first and that we're driving mm-hmm. business we just happen to you know we're like our engineering counterparts are driving it through code and uptime and you know transferring to the cloud and all of those important initiatives. For us, we're driving it through ensuring the right people are doing the right things at the right time, and we're anticipating the needs of the business so that we know the talent and what they're going to need to accomplish before the, business, the other business partners ask us for that, so that we have a plan of attack. When they say, we need to roll out X, we said, yes, we saw that coming 18 months ago. We've trained these people to do it, and we can hire you this person that we've been monitoring who's going to be ready to leave. So it, are you focusing on certain things at Upwork in particular, I guess, you know, as a starting place to kind of talk about, like, to break that down a little bit? Are you are, are there certain yeah. things that you're, you're taking the lead on in your organization? Yeah, I mean, we are looking a lot. I mean, none of it is rocket science, to be honest with you, right? Succession planning, making sure that every one of my team members understands the business imperatives of the company and not just the people side of the house, right? So how do we make money? What is the investor community looking for? What's the competitive landscape? How are we thinking about growing the business and evolving the product line over the next 18 and 36 months? What would we need from a talent perspective to have the, you know, the firepower ready to make that happen quickly? We've been a high-growth company for a long time, and that means having people who are agile and ready to change and see that as something that puts um, you know, money in their emotional piggy bank, right, that fires people mm-hmm. up to do more and do better and learn. And so mm-hmm. that's where we focus is making sure that every single person in the HR community at Upwork understands how this business is driving forward and can always tie back their personal priorities to impacting the business. And we tie, again, 
I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but we try as much as we can to tie every single thing back to our mission. The, um, I think one of the, I, I guess one of the things that's been happening for, I guess, years now, I, I don't, I don't work, yeah. I'm not an HR practitioner anymore. I'm, I run a small nonprofit, so I'm more of an administrator mm-hmm. and we only have two people, yeah. so I don't do much hiring. Um, but in, in the, in the, in the olden days when I was a practitioner five years ago, um, and you know, it, it seemed as if, um, the talent acquisition piece and the sort of employee relations piece, if you will, were sort of mm-hmm. splitting into, into specialized areas. And now with the yeah. Me Too movement, which is a couple years old, um, we're yeah. seeing, a, you know, we, and it's not that, not that people hadn't been thinking about diversity and inclusion, but I think, I feel like we're starting to see some stratification of the HR profession um, mm. and maybe, maybe specialization. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's part of what you see when you talk about the changing skills. What's your take on that? You know, I think it's really interesting. I think that we have people in our group internally who have had, a career which on paper doesn't add up to the role that they have right now, but they bring diversity of perspective, they bring understanding, they bring experience that the rest of us didn't have, and that makes them exceptional and frankly makes all of the rest of us be like, oh, I should have thought of that, right, Like, and mm. raise our game as well. Internally, what we try very hard to do um, is to make sure that every, so, you know, like, like any or, organization, right? I've got a group that's like my talent team. I've got the HR operations and business partner organization. We've got comp standard, you know, the standard things as well as some other things, which I think are relatively unique to Upwork. Um, given that, it can be easy for those people to be siloed, but they will not be as effective if they don't understand what their colleagues are working on and how to drive it. So for example, if you take employee relations like HR business partners and recruiting, then we need to understand, okay, which organization is going to have the fastest growth? Who are the rising stars of that? Can we you know, invest in them from an L&D perspective and an external mentoring and networking perspective to grow them and groom them for leadership? And then can we understand who we should staff up underneath? Which colleges can we be reaching out to or which other um, companies and competitions should we be you know, monitoring and trying to understand their organizational structure so we know who the up-and-comers are there? You know, is there anybody who is struggling who might do better in a different role or potentially, you know, even at a different company? And how do we monitor that so that when the talent evolution happens and the business is ready to go, our team knows. And they say, oh, yeah, Katie's amazing, right? So we know we can promote her two levels in two years if we just do these three things for her. And she can go from running a team of five to running a team of 50. No problem. Like, we can scale that if we're mindful and intentional about how to do it. There's no way the HR uh, oper- uh, the HR business partner or employee relations team can do that without the insight of the talent team because they will be able to tell you in the marketplace, people like Katie command X kind of salary. They're competing with people from Y kind of company, and they have this kind of experience. And so we'll be able to map to that and understand what do we need to do to retain her from a compensation perspective? What are long-term incentives we need to provide in terms of growth and opportunity, exposure to executives, pushing her to do external conversations, and under understanding and representing the company and how do we do that more intentionally while tying it always back to what the business is trying to accomplish because I think 
you know, I was listening to one of your former podcasts where uh, your co-host was saying, oh my gosh, it's like the engagement word again, right? Which is this, uh, you know, we, we've all talked about it, sort of kick the horse so many times. But right. it is true that when you feel, when you show up, if Katie comes to work, and not only do I care about the work that she's doing right now, but I'm talking to her about how I think she can contribute to the business in two years, and here's how, everything that we're intending to do to, to double down on her, I mean, that makes it much, much harder for our competition to call in, offer her 5% more cash, and have her lead. Right. Because you've given her, you've given her a roadmap of development. Showed that you that you're willing to invest in her. All all, all all the things that people say and have said for years, including even before millennials were millennials, we want our employers right. to care about us and show that they care about us. Um, so, are there? I, mean, I guess I, I want to switch away. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. What was I say? I mean, it's not. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate it. For, to make ourselves feel better, that we're doing something really, really challenging, difficult. The reality is, just like at home, just like in your faith community, just like when you're volunteering, you want to be seen and you want somebody to care. We need to do that at work, and people will do the best work that they can for us if that's true. Yeah, and that that's one of the, you know, I, I did the little, uh, I work for Q, which is the sponsor of the program, and, you know, and then we, I talked about mm-hmm. You know, how we try to create positive employee relations. That I mean, that's what it is. You yeah. care about people. You invest in them. You treat them fairly. You give them dignity and respect. And and you have. I mean, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's not that simple because it takes a lot of work. But it is also right. is that simple. If you do the work, it will it right. will pay dividends. So, uh, yeah. It, as you said earlier, it's not rocket science in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I want to do a just a quick one second reset here. Our guest, this is Michael. Uh, you're on, listening to Drive Through HR. This is our show for July 9th, and our guest today is Zoe Hart. She's the Chief Human Resources Officer um, at Upwork, and we're talking about uh, some changing skills in, in in HR and that kind of thing. I wanted to switch away though from the the changing skills yeah. since we have about 12 minutes left. Um, one of the other things, uh, and I, I did this once, so I have I have a kind of a take on it after I after we listen to yours, I may share a story. Mm. Um, but one of the other things that you had you had submitted um, as a as a topic of interest was the idea that HR really needs to get out of HR to have an uh, to have a yeah. better understanding of the business. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. But I, I wanted to hear your take <laughs> on it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We had been talking internally about this a lot um, because it, it certainly was my personal career path and what I encourage in my team as well. And then in doing research for another um, conversation that we were having externally, we found this Corn Ferry research that said 41% of CHROs reported business acumen as the single most lacking skill when looking for other HR partners in their organization. And that just really struck home with me. I mean. Personally, my story is I I did most of my um, career growing up at Yahoo. I was there for close to a decade, and I started in the HR function. I did staffing. I was a staffing assistant. I made it to HR business partner. And then one of the women who I supported, who was the head of customer care at the time, uh, Tish Whitcraft, who is now chief customer officer at OpenX, um, Mm. 
she became a mentor to me and frankly is somebody I still call when I'm struggling or wanting to listen to somebody wiser than myself. Um, and what she said to me was like, look, Zoe, it's all very well and good that you're rolling out these programs and you think they're super helpful, but I'm telling you, you're just missing a lens here. You don't get what a, what a nuisance this stuff can be sometimes. And if you want to contribute meaningfully to the business, you have to understand what it is like to run the business. And so she really pushed me, and I was fortunate enough then to be able to go and work directly for her um, in a number of different roles where it sort of culminated in looking after the international customer care organization for Yahoo for 18, 24 months, um, and that was about 300 people in about 27 countries. And, you know, you learn really quickly then what a what a pain HR can be sometimes, right? When you were mm-hmm. just trying to make results happen and HR is like, I need you to fill out these 17 forms in the next three days and get feedback from 23 people. And they're going to be, they're all going to be on different time zones and they're all going to have competing priorities, but it's really good. And it's a great way to give feedback. And you just have to think, Oh my gosh, how did I not see that I was not facilitating the business, I was an encumbrance to the business, and I was the stone they had to carry from place to place because they didn't want to, quote, unquote, get in trouble with HR. And so, you know, I did that for a while, and I felt like, you know, that moment in The Wizard of Oz where everything becomes color, and you're like, oh, goodness, here we go. Um, And so now, since I came back to HR, I think it's something that I believe really strongly that if you ever want sort of the top job, you need to spend time outside of the organization to understand where HR is really helpful and where it is more of a nuisance. And then, you know, my philosophy internally for our team is to do everything we can to get out of the way of the business. So we'll be there when you need us. We're going to anticipate what you need and hopefully give it to you before you need it. But our goal is to make every process feel important, insightful, and facilitative to your business, and get out of your way. Yeah, I think if you design processes that don't just feel like you're doing, I don't know, like performance appraisals, everybody despises them because yeah. nobody wants to honestly talk that. to their people. Right. And I, But you can't, you can't not do something, right? Because if you don't tell people right. anything, right. I, anyway. Um, I switched out of HR kind of unintentionally. I came into HR intentionally. I sought my master's degree in industrial mm. and labor relations back in the in the olden days of HR and um, mm-hmm. worked worked for, I don't know, 25 years. And then uh, at a side opportunity, uh, I, got very, I got involved as a, a fairly early adopter of Twitter and other social media formats mm. back in the, in the, you know, late 2000s. And, um, wound up taking a year and a half assignment um, working in kind of embedded in the in the communications department, but also partnering with the marketing mm-hmm. department on social media at a $30 million uh, retail company. And I was the lead wow. of their internal, in, internal social media team, which was really, uh, yeah, I got to go to like the weekly marketing meetings and it was you know, like I, my marketing cool. background is, like I buy products and like some of them, you know, that's my, my entire, uh, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it was so different than anything in HR. Um, and it was so cool to see. And it, it, while it wasn't probably quite as profound as your wizard of Oz moment, you know, coming, going, cause I did, I wasn't really in the operation. I was kind of supporting their, their, uh, yeah. supporting their efforts as we merge these, this new format of, 
uh, communication, but it, it really did teach me a lot about how other parts of the business worked and what they were concerned about and frankly, how they did some really great stuff that I only saw, you know, a commercial on TV for or something, you know, how they developed it and how it was built. Yeah. It was really eye-opening. It's fantastic. Yeah, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree that if you're an HR practitioner and you can get a one or two year assignment doing something else in an organization, um, I would wholeheartedly agree with Zoe that it will give you a, an entirely different perspective on what, what you do in HR if you choose to come back. And, and some people, yeah. some people don't, they actually stay in the new career. People don't. So that, that can be good too. Right. Um, and I think, go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I was just going to say, I think the other thing that it provides is you get diversity of perspective, right? You bring that into the business. You're then reinfusing the business understanding that you have in in the organization from a different perspective. But the thing that I, the selling point I give people who work on, on my team more than anything else is the credibility you have when you are then back in the HR role if you come back. Because when you're next to you know, a manager who is struggling with an issue or challenged by budget and headcount and all those things that we know everybody you know, wrestles with, when they you know, sigh and look at you and say, like, oh, what do you know? Being able to say, you know, I had a $10 million P&L and, and I looked at yeah. 300 people, right? It sure helps, right? They now understand that this isn't just an academic exercise for you, but you do empathize differently. And again, it, like, it all comes back to that, right? Like I've been where you are and it's a different version of it. But I get that this is stinky, and I get that it's hard, and like you don't have to walk through this alone. Yeah, and 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 also I think the the connections that you make, um, mm-hmm. and also the the lang the different languages, you know, because each department in a company has its own language yeah. and culture. Right? I mean, there's the subcultures of all the you know the accounting department and the HR department and all that. And if right, you learn right. to speak that culture and the language of another department or two. Then you're you're more easily able to mer- move across those cultures and and as you said have have instant credibility um, and that gets lost I think sometimes in HR. Uh, real, real, we have about five minutes left. Um, real oh, yeah. quick story of actually a guy that I met through the, at at, our, at, at uh, the marketing agency external marketing agency that I worked at uh, had this year reached out to me five years or so after I maybe eight years after I met him I guess. He had written a book about being a supervisor in the of millennials in the millennial age, if you will. And I run, mm-hmm. I, I needed a keynote speaker. And so uh, old marketing colleague uh, for from a short external assignment outside of HR became the keynote speaker at my spring conference this year and was the, the most highly that. rated speaker. So, you know, and, it, and I would have never, I would have never found, you know, he reached out to me. But we, because we knew each other, I had a need, he had something going on, and we were able to find a way to collaborate that never would have happened if, if I hadn't have done that external assignment. So anyway, three minutes That's left. Fantastic. I know we can't possibly do yeah. justice to the third topic, but the other thing I was kind of wanted to pick your brain on for a moment was you've been involved yeah. in an IPO, and I guess, can you add a high level? It's probably another show, and maybe we can have you on again sometime down the road to talk about this specifically. The, the the role of HR in, in an IPO, uh, I, I like give us the high high points maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so a few things. One is sort of keeping everybody focused that this is uh, you know a step in the journey. It's not the end, right? And that this is just an opportunity for the company to grow and get more exposure, et cetera, so that we can keep working on our mission. 
Um, above everything else, it's retaining company culture and helping that be interwoven because there's fear associated with it, right? That, oh my gosh, we're public. We're going to have to report to the street all the time. All these people are going to have an opinion about the work that we do. We've been able to focus in the past, and we still going to be able to do that and ensuring that. And I will say we were really fortunate here at Upwork that Stefan Casriel, our CEO, committed to the culture so much that we shared the news with our employees that we were seeking to become a public company earlier than many other companies might have done. And so there wasn't this cloak and dagger aspect to it that I've heard can derail other companies when it's obvious something's transpiring because the execs and the accounting people and the lawyers are all in a room constantly. And so mm -hmm. by being transparent about that earlier than other companies might have chosen to, we were able, I think, to really continue the trust building of the organization, which has allowed us to continue the cultural success. We've kept our retention rates really high. Our employee engagement scores remain exceptional and, frankly, better than they were even a year ago for us. So we've been really proud of the work that the HR team has been able to contribute to becoming a public company. And, and we'll so continue to again, do that while being SOX compliant and all that stuff. Once again, it sounds like it's doing basic communication, transparency, treating people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. awesome. Um, like I said, that might be another show, but we can't do it today. We sure. have less than 60 seconds. Would you, uh, first of all, thanks for being on, Zoe. It was great. It goes by really Thank fast. Thank you for having me. Uh, would you mind telling folks where they can find you on social media or wherever, if they, in case somebody wants to follow up with you after the show? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the Forbes HR Council. My LinkedIn is Zoe Hart. And my Twitter is Zoe S, and then Samantha Hart. Okay, great. Thanks so much for being on today. It was great. And uh, hopefully we can connect again uh, sometime down the road. Have a great afternoon. I, I would love that. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.